0: welcome to the bill kelly podcast i'm bill kelly well hamilton mayor fred eisenberger joins us for the mayor's town hall lots to talk about of course about covid 19 and the impact it's having on the community the conservative leadership race has been put on hold due to the pandemic no new date has been established and we'll talk about those political implications and many sports have been put on hold due to the virus are they ever going to play again this year the bill kelly podcast starts now today on the bill kelly show on 900 chml it's the bear's town hall hamilton mayor fred eisenberger as he does uh, on a monthly basis will join us uh and we're going to do this of course uh, in separate areas of course i'm broadcasting from home today and uh, as is the mayor uh but we are going to uh, accommodate you uh with your phone calls your tweets and your uh, emails for hamilton mayor fred eisenberger we'll go to those calls in just a couple of minutes uh mr mayor good morning good to have you with us today
1: good morning bill how was everything
0: uh, we're doing just fine. Uh, you know, the uh, social separation seems to be working, I guess. Uh, but mind you, we still have some new cases and some new numbers uh, when it comes yeah. to uh, some of COVID-19. Uh, talk to us about your conversations with uh, the medical officer of health. I mean, you know, we seem to be doing everything online, but uh, I guess this was anticipated that there was going to be a bump in these numbers anyway.
1: Well, it is, and uh, you know, I think uh, sadly it probably won't uh, won't end uh, at these numbers. Uh, I think there's an anticipation that these numbers are going to continue to increase, uh, especially in the next uh, couple of weeks, largely as a result of folks traveling and coming back home, and uh, you know, having uh, then at some point or another has spread spread to others, and now we're seeing that uh, kind of travel travel uh, cause uh, you know starting to uh, slowly. Dissipate, and it's now community spread. So uh, we're seeing the uptake. Uh, I expect that we'll see more of this uh, going forward. I think that's the anticipation for the uh, from the medical officer of health as well. But the the advice remains the same. Uh, you know, do everything you can to uh, stay home. The the more that we can do to uh, to not interact with one another and not spread this virus, uh, the better off we'll be in terms of our, our overall community. Uh, it is going to be very, very, uh, extremely important for our healthcare system that it doesn't get overloaded, and you know that you know this is flu season, so you know the uh, the healthcare system is always challenged this time of year as it is anyway. Uh, so right now, this is over and above all of those challenges that are happening, and so we need to ensure that we crush that curve, flatten that curve, plank that curve, whatever you want to call it. There are many, many uh, monikers right now, but it is so critically important, <clears throat> and that's why we've uh, we've closed uh, facilities, uh, we've shut down um, you know, the the uh, uh, the parking lots for uh, some of the parks that uh, that are being utilized, some of the waterfall areas. The conservation authority has shut them down to prevent people from gathering and interacting uh, as they shouldn't. And so, um, unfortunately, the, uh, the numbers are, and we've had a couple of deaths now, and, uh, you know, sadly, uh, I'd like to say uh, we'll, we'll not see another one. I'm not sure that's reasonable, uh, but uh, hopefully we can minimize the impacts if we all do our part.
0: A couple of things I wanted to ask you about because we're getting a lot of emails and I'm sure you've seen some of the, this too. Uh, yep. Something that you need to address. The city of Hamilton has not declared a state of emergency. Some suggest that maybe you should have done that. Well, you haven't so far. Why not?
1: Well, there's no need. And, uh, you know, I, as I've said on uh, a number of occasions, the, uh, the province of Ontario has declared a state of emergency. All 444 municipalities across the province are in a state of emergency under the declaration of the province of Ontario. Uh, locally the only reason for me to to state to to declare a state of emergency would be to hand powers to our senior staff to allow them to do all the work that they need to do to manage this crisis we had already done that we had uh council had met uh council said yes delegated authority to go to staff do whatever it takes do whatever you need to do spend whatever you need to spend to ensure that we can keep our community safe and and all of that work has been rolling up there is no advantage for uh, between municipalities to state to say uh, we're in a state of emergency now some of the municipalities out there may not have been able to meet as a council to delegate that authority to their staff and the only way that the mayor could uh, ensure that that happens is to declare a state of emergency so we're in different situations uh, are we disadvantaged by anything not at all we we've probably been ahead of the curve because we delegated our authority the authority to our staff right right at the very beginning and they got busy doing doing the necessary steps to, uh, to to try and keep our community safe, and that will continue. In terms of future funding from the province, we're all in a we're on a level playing field. Uh, the province is not going to be treating municipalities differently because they declared a state of emergency. Uh, I got that right from Minister Clark, the Minister of Municipal Affairs. There is no need for a state of uh, declaring a state of emergency if you've already delegated authority to your staff. And so I'm, uh, you know, I think people, uh, you know, might might feel better about, you know, knowing that uh, the city of Hamilton did or didn't. But the reality is, we're all in it uh, by virtue of the provincial declaration, and we're all going to get a fair a fair treatment in terms of future funding and future policy issues, right across the board for all municipalities.
0: Uh, there may be some confusion here, anyway, because I know uh, you know if you follow some of the other natural disasters that have occurred uh, in North America over the last little while, uh, some jurisdictions will declare state of emergency because they need to do that uh, to be able to access funds. But uh, as you've just right. mentioned, uh, both the federal and provincial governments, from what I understand, Mr. Mayor, have already yeah. said that that that's already going to happen anyway, so you don't need to do that's that. Right.
1: Exactly, and you know, and if if, if we had an isolated incident, uh, like like you know, in past years we had flooding. Yeah. and uh, you know sometimes to get access to provincial funds you need to declare a state of emergency and if you've done that that triggers you know some funding advantage coming from the province but it you know it doesn't happen in all communities at the same time here this this uh, this issue is happening everywhere around the world and everywhere in the province in every municipality in the in the same kind of way and the the treatment we're getting from both the federal and provincial governments is going to be equitable for all all provinces all municipalities uh, as needed and uh, the announcements that they've made have been uh, very very helpful i think the the federal government has stepped up in a big way uh, I, I was on a, a conference call with uh, deputy prime minister freeland last night with uh, some other big city mayors from across the country uh, i think they understand that uh, this was a this was an opener this is not the end of the funding if that's going to come forward uh, there's a real need to provide more funding for businesses that are struggling and uh, that wasn't really particularly addressed and they certainly covered individuals and uh, a lot of other areas where people and individuals are, need to be looked after funding two thousand dollars a month for the next four months i think very positive for those that have lost their job or their income uh, but businesses are struggling and uh, folks that are renting are are, uh, are also need assistance and you know the provincial government also made a a number of great announcements, a good start on, uh, you know, some funding that will flow to, uh, to businesses or flow to individuals. Uh, but businesses and renters, again, were was an area that uh, they haven't yet addressed. But I'm uh, confident that they will, will do so in short order. So I'm, I'm seeing governments uh, taking, you know, measured steps uh, going forward as quickly as they can. Uh, hopefully uh, they can get this money out the door to people quickly. Uh, I, I said uh, you know, you know, a few days ago that uh, people need to be a little bit patient because uh, these are big initiatives that uh, require application processes and, and you know, to ensure that it gets into the hands of the right people and that uh, there isn't anything uh, that would distract from that. And so, uh, but it'll happen, and I think they, uh, they need to know that their government uh, has their back at this point, and they're all taking it extremely seriously, and they know that more resources need to flow.
0: By the way, just on that point, uh, it's probably a good idea and a good time to remind people uh, of something the prime minister said yesterday. I, like hours after they announced these uh, these relief packages, uh, there have been some online scams that people trying to get involved mm-hmm. in this. Uh, you know, uh, you, you are entitled to, a, and there, there's a dollar figure there, a thousand dollars or whatever. They yeah, just make yeah. a number up, and you're supposed to click on a link. Don't do it uh, because that's not how the government's giving the money out. Uh, it's it's no, a link I mean, and it's. No. A lot of people yeah. are going to fall for that. They always do, sadly, but just don't ever go that yeah. way. Yeah, you know what? Your,
1: your listeners need to know that uh, the, the government doesn't text people. Uh, they never do that. They will never text you to ask you for any information. Anybody that does that, uh, you should uh, just, just ignore that and delete it. Uh, you know, the communications by text uh, from banks or others, it does not happen. Um, they, uh, they, they, they communicate directly. Uh, either by mail or or if they have an issue they'll phone but they uh, you know and, and there's a lot of phone scamming going on so don't uh, don't uh, assume for a minute that you're going to get a phone call from the federal government asking you about did you get your check and did you give us the details ignore that as well that's that doesn't happen either but uh, you know people need to be very wary because there's an opportunity here for uh, for a lot of scammers out there to uh, to try and capture this money before it gets into the hands of the people that need it
0: yeah, just keep in mind. I, I don't want to spend the whole thing talking about fraudulent behavior, but uh, uh, the government doesn't need your social insurance number. You've, they've got it already. If you've they've ever filed it. an income tax, they they have it. So don't don't That's just right. be wary about these sorts of things. Mr. Yeah. Mayor, we've heard about so many companies that have had to lay people off. In some cases, uh, you know, just sorry, you can go home because we just can't afford to pay you anymore. Uh, it's a frustrating experience, and, and as you mentioned, these programs have been set up to try to give some assistance to those. Uh, yeah. Talk to us about the this, this thousands of city employees now, municipal employees. You mentioned many of them are working from home. Have any of them been told to, to stay back and with? there's no work for you here, or is everybody still gainfully employed here?
1: Well, they're gainfully employed, and uh, we're going to continue to pay people. I think the worst thing we can do is to, uh, to, to, to stop uh, you know, th- them having an income. Uh, but there are the numbers of people that are that are told to just go home, and uh, there isn't work for you right now. But uh, we're we're going to continue to pay them. I think many other uh, reputable companies are doing similar efforts. But there are also many many thousands of people that are still working, still working from home. Uh, the police and fire and paramedics are all out there on a daily basis. We have an administration that's functioning very well. All of your counselors and their administrative staff are still working and you can call them at the usual numbers or email them as you have in the past for any comments or concerns. Uh, we are functional for all intents and purposes and but the uh, the worst thing we can do as a municipality right now is to uh, to start uh, hacking and slashing and cutting cutting people off from an income that they're going to desperately need and, and, and exacerbating this problem. And so uh, we're going to continue to do that. Uh, We're also impressing upon the federal and provincial governments that uh, the the municipalities across the country are, are, you know, getting hit with revenue shortfalls and and ever-increasing expenses as a result of all of this work that we need to do on COVID-19. So transit revenue is down. I think we're running at about 30 or 25%. So that revenue is is gone. Uh, You know, the revenue that comes out of the, the programs that we deliver is gone. Uh, we may uh, see a dip in uh, in tax revenue as a result of uh, you know probably some proposed waiving of penalties and fees that that allows for a deferral, and so uh, we're getting hit pretty hard on the revenue side, and we're getting pretty hit hard on the expense side because all of the expenses that we're con- are, are incurring uh, continue to escalate as these uh, these issues continue to escalate as well. So they're fully aware of that. I expect at some point down the road that municipalities will, will also get direct assistance to offset some of those costs. But the reality is uh, people need to be employed. And, uh, you know, for us to do our part as a municipality, keep paying the people that uh, normally would be employed with you. And that certainly takes the pressure off of, uh, you know, some of the the, the economy that, uh, that needs them to continue to spend some money and uh, pay their bills and uh, continue on with their everyday lives
0: on that point uh, it was just a couple of weeks ago that, that uh, obviously the city council passed the budget for this year uh, yep. after a great deal of hard work and trying to pare that down as, as low as they could but that's based as as we were talking about previous to that Mr. Mayor that is all based on projections revenue projections uh, and right. things that are going to be happening in the next well nine months in this particular case that's all out the window now as you just mentioned uh, so I would imagine at some point uh Your finance staffs going to have to sit down together and and reevaluate an awful lot of these things about what kind of revenues and what kind of a shortfall we're going to have. Not just Hamilton, I guess just about every city now, because I don't think anybody saw this coming. I mean, we knew there was going to be some problem here uh, with COVID-19, but we didn't think it was going to be of this magnitude and have this much of an impact.
1: Totally, and uh, you know, it's it seems like it's uh, it's almost a sci-fi movie that we're living in right now. You know, three weeks ago, who'd have thought that we'd be uh, you know sitting in this kind of environment with the, the streets empty and most businesses closed? Uh, it's it's like a ghost town in, in many parts of the city. Uh, it's 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 the uh, the script of a you know a sci-fi pandemic movie, and here we are. It's real, and it has real costs and consequences, not only for the uh, for individuals but for Municipalities, for businesses, for uh, for employees, and governments. Uh, so you know the, a lot of the uh, employment that the federal government continues to do, they still get revenue. But that a lot of that revenue is now going to get turned into help and assistance for people that are losing their jobs or are struggling in their business, or, or just maintaining. Uh, you know the, the help and assistance for people that are homeless and all the resources that uh, that, that that's going to require. So expenses are going through the roof. Uh, expenses are going through the roof at every level of government, and uh, at some point, that bill has to be paid. Uh, you know, you know, from, from, from our, you know, our pockets. Uh, you know, there's only one taxpayer, and uh, we know that 50% of the overall tax load goes to the federal government, 40% goes to the province of Ontario, 10% comes to the municipalities through uh, the municipal uh, property tax. And uh, at some point, uh, these additional costs are going to be borne by by, by taxpayers. Uh, there's no kind of, uh, you know, there's no pot of gold lying around here somewhere that uh, will offset all of that. But uh, I think what we need to do now is focus on the immediate. And the immediate is uh, the, the immediate concern is getting people to do what they need to do, do their part to stay at home, uh, stop the spread of this virus so that we can contain it, not uh, continue to increase the uh, the capacity of the hospital uh, system and, uh, you know, curtail what we can and uh, hopefully get through this in a number of weeks. And, I, you know, when I, I say a number of weeks, uh, this uh, I anticipate will be longer than most people might expect. So uh, prepare yourself for a longer haul. And, but, uh, you know, know that what you're doing in terms of self-isolation is making a difference. And I, I really do want to congratulate the majority of the citizens of Hamilton that are doing the right thing. Uh, you know, you can tell by, uh, you know, if you move around the city at all, that, uh, you know, there's there's sparsely any traffic and movement out there. Uh, people are doing what they should be doing, the majority of them, and they ought to be congratulated. And we ask them to stick with it as long as the public health officials say that we should. Uh, for others that are ignoring this, uh, you know, at your peril and at the peril of some of your friends, your family, your grandparents, uh, if you are not... Uh, safely uh, moving around our city or safely uh, isolating yourself as needed, then you are potentially uh, putting other people at risk and possibly, uh, you know, some may actually die as a result of getting this virus. And so uh, there's much to do, much cost to be borne here. uh, But that bill, uh, you know, that bill issue comes later. Right now, people need to spend and resource what we need to do to curtail this issue. Uh, There is no... uh, You know, if we're all sick and ill, uh, any business out there won't matter. Uh, uh, Our health is the primary concern. Our health of uh, the general populace, uh, our health of all of our people is a a top priority. Uh, After that, we'll figure out where all the bills need to be paid.
0: Exactly. Listen, we're going to take a quick break, Mr. Mayor. You can go top up your coffee. Uh, and uh, by the way, we'll open the lines up here too now 905-645-3221. Start 9900 is toll free. Email Kelly at 900chml.com and on Twitter at chmlbillkelly. Your questions, your comments for Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger as we all deal with COVID-19. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. It's, uh, Mayor's Town Hall, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger is with us. Uh, by telephone of course uh, we are practicing social distancing here I don't know if we could get further apart Mr. Mayor you in the east end and me out here in, in Ancaster but here we are uh, and, uh, and dealing what we're supposed to do here and, and, and trying to do uh, the right thing here to, as you mentioned to try to curb this pandemic but we are going to carry on business as usual with our town halls and that means the lines are open for your questions and your comments for uh, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger 905-645-3221 is the number, star 9900 is a toll free number, you can reach us on Email Kelly at 900CHML.com and on Twitter at CHMLBillKelly. Let's go right to the phones uh, if we could. Uh, Doris, you're first up on this. Doris, welcome to the program today.
2: Thank you very much, Bill and the mayor. Now we're going from Ancaster, the city of Hamilton, all the way up to Stony Creek. So there we we're going to be covering the area. Question for the mayor. The last time that the council met, did you make a decision regarding the uh, second installment of the municipal taxes that we're supposed to pay at the end of April? Could, did they, by any chance, say you're moving it to the end of May?
0: Mr. Mayor, there.
1: Uh, I'm here. Unfortunately, Bill, I couldn't hear any of that question. I, I just very faint sound, so I, I couldn't make out any of it. Could you could you repeat it for me? Sure, I'd be happy to answer.
0: Sure. Uh, yeah, and at least you will try to fix that volume problem uh, back at the studio. Uh, basically, okay. Doris is asking: There's a tax installment that's due uh, in just a couple of days, I guess. At the and, uh, is there any discussion? Has there been any discussion by the city to defer that payment?
1: Uh, the discussion is uh, how we're, how we're going to deal with that. I think the next installment is at the end of April. That's right. And uh, I think we're uh, we're going to be looking at ways and means on on how we can help people. Uh, uh, on the short term, and whether it's through waiving of penalties and fees, if they, uh, they, they, they decide to not pay for 60 days, which in, in effect would be a, a deferral. Uh, so uh, our CFO is uh, working on that right now, and uh, we'll have something in place uh, shortly.
0: So in other words, it is going to be addressed.
2: Oh, thank you very it much. It is
1: going to be addressed, absolutely. Uh, we're, we're going to do our part. Now, you know, people need to understand that our, our resources are very limited. Uh, so we we already have a cash flow problem, and so we're going to try and help individuals as much as we can. Uh, some of the levers, the only lever we have, is actually some some tax deferral issues. If that's uh, the way we end up going, or some method that allows for for that to happen uh, by by waiving penalties and fees uh, for uh, for deferral uh, that in effect would be a deferral. So it, it's a little confusing, but uh, something's in the works. Uh, people don't expect that. Uh, the city is going to do as much as it can to be to be helpful to uh, to our citizens out there and i and i would say and i mentioned this to the um, minister of municipal affairs uh, just uh, you know an hour ago that some of the renters in our city uh, you know are equally need uh, some some assistance uh, going forward and I, uh, I hope that, uh, you know, in terms of property taxes, we're going to be helpful. But uh, renters out there need some assistance as well. We don't
0: have a lot of levers
1: to be able to do that through municipal taxation. So we're looking to the provincial government to uh, to be more aggressive on helping renters in our, in our city.
0: George, thanks Thank so much for the call. Thank you again. Take care. Take Stay care. healthy. 905-645-3221 start 9900. Mr. Mayor, there've been some calls and I'm sure you've received some of these as well saying, well why don't you just give us a tax holiday until this thing is over or for a month or whatever the case might be. Uh refresh my memory. I think according to the municipal act you're not allowed to do that, are you?
1: No, we cannot run a deficit. Uh that's that's one of our challenges, so uh, we can't waive taxes. Uh, we we can only uh, you know find a method of uh, making it more palatable in the short term, but uh, you know the bill has to be paid at some point. We don't have that uh, the deep pockets that the federal provincial governments have, and by by law, by statute, by by virtue of the Municipal Act, we are not allowed to to be in a deficit situation. So at the end of the year, we have to balance the books, and so um, that that's a factor for us. I think most of the financial assistance that's going to occur. It's not going to come from municipalities uh, because our, our, our costs and our fees are, are increasing every day and our revenues are declining every day. It's going to come from the federal and provincial governments by and large. So we'll do what we can, but, but uh, after that, uh, we will uh, rely on them to provide the kind of financial resources that are going to attempt to make individuals' businesses uh, whole through this uh, very difficult period.
0: Email from uh, Craig at B Kelly at nine hundred chmlcom dot says uh, joyriding on the transit. Uh, can the mayor explain what is being done to stop it? Beyond asking people not to do it through media outlets, uh, simply asking is not actually getting the job done. People are still doing it.
1: Yeah, a very uh, a very difficult situation, and they uh, you know I don't I don't know how we can uh, you know m- police that. I think what we're you know, I think they have uh, you know transit supervisors out there that uh, d- do uh, you know. Uh, approach people that are sitting on the bus uh, for, you know, no apparent reason, just going for a ride. And I think, uh, you know, obviously giving them the encouragement not to do so Uh, at some point, we may have to go to a finding process, uh, you know, like, like everything else. Uh, If people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, then uh, we may be able to find a mechanism that will uh, penalize them for doing the wrong thing. Uh, And I think that's, uh, that's all being looked at, but uh, not in place at, at this moment. And, you know, I think, by and large, still, the vast majority of the people are doing the right thing, and uh, it, it's going to be hard for any bus driver or any supervisor to distinguish between who's, who's, who's there for the right reason and who's there for the wrong reason. So it's a particularly difficult thing to do. We're, we're counting on people's sensibilities and their, uh, their you know, practical reality that they're not only putting themselves at risk when they do that, but they're putting everyone else on the bus at risk as well. And then, and then that, that is how community spread happens. And so, uh, you know, minimize the need to use the transit system, means leave it for the people that, that need it to get to work, that uh, our first responders, our fire, our paramedics, people that need to get groceries and they have, this is their only means of transportation or they need to get to a medical appointment. Beyond that, stay off the transit system.
0: Thanks uh, for the email, Craig. Appreciate it. 905-645-3221, start 9900. The Bill Kelly Show, 900 CHML with uh, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Uh, back to the phones. Sandra, you're next in the program. Good morning, Sandra.
2: Good morning, and um, thanks for coming on the air, Mr. Eisenberger. Uh, here's my question, or my statement, and then you can respond. Um, you, the Mayor of Toronto, mayors across Canada, the the Doug Ford, Trudeau, you know, if you got questions, go to whatever. Well, how about those folks like me who don't have the internet and don't have access to web pages and don't have access to Canada Revenue Agency to tap into the funds that are available or have access to EI on the web. What do we do? And and what your producer said to me, and I'm keeping that clean because that's what she said, she said, well, just get the guy to come in and install it for you. Well, you know what? It's not that easy because you need money and you need a computer. So, Ms. Reisenberg, and I want to take your answer and your comment off the air. What do we do? Because apparently I'm supposed to apply for EI, on the phone, and I can't. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sandra. Mr. Mayor. Hey, Sandra. I
1: uh, I, I don't have any technological challenges. Uh, lots of people, lots of people use the uh, the library. Or, fortunately uh, that resource isn't available. Uh, we're going to have to figure out, and I'll, I'll certainly pass that issue along to uh, to our EOC team. Uh, to see if uh, if there's uh, anything that can be done in terms of getting people another resource, but we're relying on radio. People are listening to the radio, and uh, information is being shared there. We're relying on, you know, truthfully, we are relying on websites and social media and every every news outlet that we can get our hands on, including the newspaper, to give people an opportunity to get information. Uh, we uh, we have to assume that there are mechanisms in place in most households across the uh, the city. To uh, to get access to that information, and if, if that doesn't exist, then we uh, we need to find another way. So I'll certainly raise that with our the uh, emergency operations team that there are people, and this has come up before, that there are people that uh, just don't have a phone and don't have access to uh, to a laptop, and, and and how are they to then get access to you know all the information or application forms that uh, that are out there that, that they need to get at. So I don't have a quick and ready answer for you, but I will raise it again with our EOC team and uh, see if there's anything that we can do to help provide that kind of access.
0: I mean, the, the short answer to the past was always, when, well, you can use the, the library, but I guess they're closed now anyway, aren't they? They are, and that's, uh, that's particularly challenging for a
1: lot of people that you could use a library to get that kind of access. Now, you know what, I, I would hope that, uh, you know, people could maintain safe distance and rely on family or friends to, uh, to help them. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, someone in your family has access to a computer that could uh, help provide you uh, the information that you're looking for. Uh, or someone has access to a phone that, uh, that uh, then could, uh, you know, maybe let you use it to, uh, to get the kind of uh, connections that you're uh, looking to do. I think you have to be creative out there. I don't think there's a ready there's easy solution to this. I would, I would certainly try and rely on others, friends, family, and others that might safely uh, keeping distance and or working remotely, give you the kind of access that you need. So I, I hope, Sandra, you can find a way of doing that on the short term. I'll certainly look at the uh, the, the longer term issue in terms of uh, what we can do to help provide some additional accessibility for you.
2: Uh,
0: <clears throat> clearly, she has a phone. So, I mean, uh, I'm sure she can get a hold of some of those agencies anyway because they still are staffing. Yep. 905 645 3221 star 9900. This is the Bill Kelly Show, 900 CHML, uh, with the Mayor's Town Hall. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger is here. And uh, Gary, you're next on the program. Welcome to the program, Gary.
3: Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Fred. How are you?
0: Good. Yeah, well, Gary. Thank you.
3: Hello. Go ahead. Hello. Yeah, I a question for Fred. Um, with everything going on, uh, unfortunately, How does he see our property taxes going up for next year? I mean, someone has to pay for everything that's going on, uh, federally, provincially, municipal. Um, I live in Hamilton, Stony Creek, and I already pay a lot of taxes to begin with. I'm just wondering, how does he foresee next year property taxes increasing? drastically normally how does he feel on that
1: yeah thank you gary i I mean it's a good question i don't again uh, the answer really lies in uh, you know what the federal provincial governments are prepared to do to help municipalities and the uh, the revenue and expense the revenue shortfalls that we're currently experiencing and the additional expenses that we're experiencing so if there's a and, I, and again, we've uh, spoken to the minister, uh, ministers in Toronto, and I spoke to the Deputy Prime Minister last night. They're well aware of the municipal shortfalls that are happening, uh, and uh, they're, uh, they're looking hard at, at some point, you know, making, uh, making uh, monies available to offset those, uh, those expenses and those losses of revenues. How, how much that will be and to what degree is not known yet. I don't, I don't think that's a high priority right now. Uh, right now, they're trying to get money out the door to individuals and to businesses and to folks that are, you know, struggling to kind of keep going day to day and meeting some of their bills. But uh, you know, down the road, we we anticipate that there's going to be more resources that they're going to announce. So, 82 billion is a starter. Uh, 17, 17 billion in the province of Ontario is a starter. Uh, there's more funding that's going to have to flow, and some of that funding has to come to municipalities to offset those costs. So, quick answer is. Uh don't know, uh, but I anticipate funding com- coming from the feds and province. Uh, if it's uh, not sufficient to cover the shortfall, the only other resource we have is to go to municipal taxation to uh, to recover that. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have to wait and see uh, how that plays out. Currently this year, 2.9% uh, was as good as we could get to maintain services, but uh, as you can expect, Right now, the, uh, the the revenue decline and the, the increase in costs is uh, is going to be a cash flow problem at some point throughout this year, and then ultimately, you're right. The uh, whatever costs are incurred federally, provincial, or municipally, ultimately comes out of the taxpayer's pocket at some point. So, I think people can expect that taxation across the board is going to have to come up if we want to deal with the deficits that we're all going to incur in the short run.
3: Okay. Yeah. No. No. I I realize that. I just want to kind of make it clear as a, as a citizen here in Hamilton that yeah. once the dust settles and hopefully everything just clears up and goes back to some sort of normalcy, that mm-hmm. someone has to pay for everything that's going on, and it's it's going to come down to the taxpayers at some point that. We're going to have to kick in more money, more than likely, and mm-hmm. I feel like we're already paying. We pay a lot for taxes. Uh, I have a thousand square foot home uh, in Stony Creek, and I'm over four thousand forty-two hundred dollars in tax. Thousand mm-hmm. square foot home, uh, nothing that fancy. So, <clears throat> people. Can only take so much property tax downloaded onto them. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of voicing is, out which... my. I'm not going to say my frustration, but you know, at some point, the municipality can't keep asking the taxpayer for more and more and more money. I mean, we're just we're being we're being bled out just by paying property tax.
0: It's a, it's well, a debate Gary, we've Gary, had for Gary, the longest Gary. time, Gary. I know. And, Mr. Mayor, we've talked about this ad nauseum. The property tax is the most regressive form of tax anyway because it's not based on your ability to pay. Uh, it's just you know. Here are the services. Here's your share of it. Now you have to pay this income tax. By definition, uh, the more money you make, the more tax you pay. It doesn't always work that way, but but it, it, this is the system we're stuck with. And uh, unfortunately, the city can't do anything about that because it's the province that dictates how we're taxed here. And that's that's I guess the millstone around about everybody's neck, I guess with every municipality, Mr. Mayor.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, realistically speaking, uh, you know, as as grow and as demand for services increase uh, you know policing costs increase firefighting costs increase because if there's expansion in the city of Hamilton more more housing means more more fire suppression requirements more paramedics are required all of that costs money we can't we can't uh, you know deliver those services and continue to deliver those services if we don't get additional dollars to be able to do that and that's uh, the only reason that uh, that increases are happening is to maintain the level of services that, uh, that people are expecting. The only other way to, uh, to reduce that is to start hiving off uh, levels of service that, uh, that uh, are, are currently being delivered in a, in a safe and proactive way. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that the majority of the citizens want that to happen, and so Gary's quite right. At the end of the day, the bill comes to the taxpayers, and uh, there's only one pocket in the taxpayers' Again, I'll say that 50% of your tax load overall goes to the federal government. 40% from goes to the province of Ontario. 10% comes to municipalities. And our argument with the federal and provincial government is that we're asked to do a heck of a lot with that 10%, and they keep downloading more and more. Uh, the pressure on the localized tax base uh, and on municipal tax base is ever-increasing, and it's not sustainable. And so we're asking for help and assistance. And, and we, in fact, we asked them, or a different funding model right across the country. And to date, that hasn't happened. And maybe maybe this is the impetus to, uh, to get there because we need a larger share of the overall tax load coming to local municipalities and cities where most of the activity and services are
0: being delivered. The other element to this, too, we're just about out of time here, is that uh, the other G7 nations, including the United States, by the way, uh, have a much different system where it's the federal and state governments, in those particular cases, offer much more financial assistance to municipalities than they do here in Canada uh, on a sustaining right. level. Uh, in other words, there's always going to be that fund there uh, that you can tap into. You still have to apply for it, etc., but uh, we don't do that in Canada. We have little programs, as you know, Mr. Mayor, you've had to go cap and hand up to Ottawa or to Queen's Park how many times now, saying, can we uh, access and, and it's, it's a difficult process. So I, I think yeah, everybody shares difficult. your frustration.
1: Yeah, we, we you know, at some point there there needs to be. I mean, the, the, the taxation system that we have is based on the British North America Act. You know, the Constitution that was developed at that time and, and when, when, when this, the country was largely agricultural, uh, we're not we're not that anymore. We care about our agricultural communities for sure, but most of the people now are living in cities, where where the services are being delivered, and the the, the, the tax regime hasn't kept pace with that that dynamic. And so that's something that that needs to happen soonish.
0: Uh, sure does. Mr. Mayor, we're right out of time. Thank you, as always, uh, for joining us today. Uh, Thanks to all our callers. Our apologies to the ones that we could not get to today, but we'll do this again uh, very shortly, and uh, we'll have a consistent uh, line of contact with the Mayor with updates about what's happening with COVID as well. Have a great weekend, Mr. Mayor. Stay safe and stay healthy. We'll do, and I just
1: want to give a quick shout-out to our our, our paramedics, our frontline service people, the public health folks that are on the job uh, You know, day in and day out. Uh, If you see them out and about in the streets, uh, thank them for us because they're doing an amazing job.
0: Just do it from six feet away. That's all. Uh, exactly. That's, that's, exactly. Thanks again. i Mayor exactly. Fred Eisenberger. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Politics, as per usual, of course, uh, here in this country. The conservative leadership race has been put on hold due to the pandemic, of course. No new date has been set up for this. This has been a uh, rather contentious uh, process right from the get-go. Joining us to talk about this is Henry Jasek, uh, professor of political science at McMaster University.
4: Good morning, Henry. How are you doing today? Pretty good, Bill.
0: Good. Are you surprised by this decision to finally put the the brakes on this thing?
4: Well, I think we probably were expecting this for a long time and wondering when they were going to actually do it.
0: It uh, it's been a problem, hasn't it? I mean, right from the get go. Uh, uh, the knives were out, as, and I, you and I had this discussion way back last October. I was the day after the election uh, when, uh, uh, obviously, Andrew Scheer did not win, and everyone, it seemed, at least in the Conservative Party, everyone seemed to think he was going to pull this off. And there was Peter McKay's analogy of, uh, you know, having a breakaway at an empty net and shooting wide. Uh, and Peter McKay, of course, saying that he didn't really want the leadership. He just was disappointed in Andrew Scheer. But, you know, this has been going pretty back and forth uh, for the longest time, and it's rather acrimonious right now. Maybe for the sake of the Conservative Party, Henry, it's probably not a bad idea to hit the pause button.
4: Well, uh, I think for for a whole bunch of reasons it is, but I'll just say, yeah, you are correct. Uh, I think in the Conservative Party, it it seems to me, I'm just generalizing by what I see, but it, it often seems that, these leadership races in the conservative party somehow seem to be more bitter and people are, you know, seem to take it more personally than they do with the other two parties uh in in general but uh other reasons why they should break it off is that uh, well first of all we I can't imagine how we would ever have an election this year so there's not a necessity to to really have a a a, a quick uh, convention to f- to prepare for an election this year we're just not going to see that and uh I don't think you know to have a new leader come in in the middle of a crisis like this. It's it's going to be sort of a downer for him because I mean what is he go, what is the new leader going to say if they're critical of the government? A lot of people are going to say, well, look at this new leader. He's in there and he's he's playing politics right away. So it's it's not a you want to give a you know a little bit of time. Uh, and try to get a a situation where people will be more accepting of criticism of the government. So I think that's a very good reason to put it off.
0: Well, there was a a statement made by McKay and O'Toole, I believe, as well, uh, that said that if they were to win, they were to be the successful candidate. And and by the way, yesterday was the cutoff date for people to, to enter. Uh, the first thing they're going to do is try to bring the government down, and I.
4: yes that's no, not nobody a, that wants that. Idea. I mean,
0: the NDP don't have any money; they can't go into another election right now. The Conservatives with a brand new leader—they're—they're they're rife with cash, necessarily. But I don't think Canadians want to have another election right now either.
4: Yeah, and not only they don't want election talk; they don't want to see—they want to see the politicians pulling together you know a lot of people are going to say we're suffering and we hear we see you people bickering over who's going to run the government instead of trying to solve our problems uh that would only redound to the uh, benefit i think of the prime minister so uh, it, i think he, he the prime minister right now would be a very difficult person to uh, to attack and uh it w- i think it just would di- discredit an, a new leader i think you know by the time we get into next year well certainly Deep into the fall, I would think that maybe people will start looking back and saying, "Well, maybe the prime minister could have done this. He could have done that. It was his fault. Maybe. I mean, that may happen. It may be easier to criticize him at that point. And there also, I think, going to be a new uh, an issue that's coming up on the uh, up on the horizon. We're just getting a taste of it this week, or actually, even the last couple of days. And that's profiteering. We are going to have things that are going to be in short supply and people are going to try to take advantage of it, and uh, I think this, this happens uh, in, a, in a lot of cases when we're dealing with either disasters, uh, the flu, or depressions, or you know different things happening where things do get in short supply, and then people get very, very angry because they see their incomes disappearing and going down, and the things they need, the price of it goes shooting right up, and um, I've been actually spending a, a lot of my time reading a, a lot about past depressions and, and past flus uh, things you know the, those type of uh, things lately and that seems to be be you know fairly prevalent factor of a of a lot of those type of uh, crises that we face and and particularly as the crisis goes along
0: well exactly and and like i say the timing just seemed to be terrible for this sort of thing and uh... and and the infighting that was going on as well i know that uh, marilyn Gladue, of course wh- who did not qualify by the way didn't get enough money didn't get enough signatures uh... but the the person that was running her campaign uh... reacted to this already and said that you have completely disgraced our party shame on all of you huh. any elect any leader elected at this process that will have the stench of rotten process all over him or huh. her uh... So- sounds like it's time for healing there henry
4: yeah i know that's uh... that's, that's- that is sort of amazing yeah that you, you have that type of uh, anger and publicly said that, yeah and and it's uh, it's it really uh, it, it is a really a problem for the party and they have to pick a time when they can basically run an upbeat convention and uh, not have to put up with uh, you know this this type of uh, you know, uh, very very caustic comments, which again, as I said, I think the public will just not receive well, and they'll blame the whole party for uh, for for that, and and, uh, and and they'll support, and they'll go to, more likely to support the prime minister.
0: Well, one of the issues that they still have to, I, I think, come to grips with here is, is who are they as a conservative party? I mean, mm. the, there there are people within that party that were not comfortable with the, 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 the Alberta-centric, uh, Saskatchewan-centric, the Western-Province-centric uh, attitude of the party and some of the beliefs uh, and mores that they have. Uh, others would rather see somebody from eastern Canada, uh, uh, you know, on and on it goes. And, and that seems to have poisoned an awful lot of what went on in this race so far anyway.
4: Yeah, well, it looks like whoever our new leader is going to be, and I think it's down to two. I think we pretty much agree that yeah. there, we, there's two people: one from Ontario, one from from the Maritimes. So we're we're going to break this western hold on the party, and that has been a problem for, for the party, particularly in, uh, you know from from Ontario eastward, is that it has been viewed as a still as a western party, it, uh, and so that that I think has been a real problem, and I think. Only once were they under Harper able to get a majority, and that was because the Liberals had their worst leader probably in their history uh, back uh, about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but so, the, so they have to. They have to essentially. The, the Conservatives have to find a way to, to basically get some some a good basis support in Ontario. It's the province with the most seats, and of course Quebec's a big place as well with a lot of seats, and and of course the western the um, Atlantic provinces have some seats as well, so they have to they have to be able to appeal to you know to the center and eastern part of the of, of the country and they have not been able to do that and one way you do do that of course is have a leader from that area and so once they have a one uh, you know a leader from that from you know those areas then then we're going they pro- that probably will help them uh Sort of stabilize themselves and and become much much more of a competitive party, but uh, but but yeah, but the timing is always so very important, and I just think uh, right now this is not the timing for for basically having a strong dose of partisan politics.
0: Exactly, Henry. As always, thanks for this. Have a great weekend. Stay healthy.
4: Okay, I am, and uh, you too as well, Bill. Take care. Henry Jasek, of course,
0: political science professor at McMaster University. Uh, as we go through this pandemic, and, and as we've all said, you know, we don't know how long this is going to go on for and the hardship. Uh, and we hear the tragic stories of deaths all the time, but there's a business end to this as well. And part of that business is professional sports. Uh, they've all suspended play, of course, uh, right in the middle of the basketball season, just as the Raptors were really playing great ball. Uh, Major League Baseball was supposed to have started this week. It's not going to. And they're talking about a, a protracted season now uh the canadian football league not sure randy ambrose the cfl commissioner is talking about contingency plans and then, of course the nfl is supposed to be holding their draft pretty soon so how long can this go on and uh, what kind of an impact is it going to have i want to bring scott radley host of the scott radley show who you hear every weeknight here on chml and of course read his fabulous prose in the sports pages of the hamilton spectator how are you today scott
5: i'm well it's great to chat with you at kelly acres
0: yes from, from the home base you
5: know it's uh it's
0: new it's different but hey it works it's uh it's so far so good Knock on wood i said that last time and everything went kablooey on us so i've got to be careful about this uh how are you doing i mean listen i not that you know sports is not the number one priority but boy you do miss you know the 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 playoff time basically is what we're looking at here basketball playoffs are coming up hockey playoffs are coming up there is some talk now scott that they may just say to heck with it we're not going to do anything this year
5: Well, and don't forget, yesterday would have been Blue Jays' opening day against your Boston Red Sox. And uh, and rumors were that the Blue Jays would have thrown a perfect game in that one against the Red Sox. (laughs) And um, that's what we would have been talking about this morning. Um, And, and, you know, like, yes, the playoffs, everyone's, or many people, are ruining the fact that there's no playoffs and missing it. Spring training... um, Maybe it's just that I'm a baseball fan. I don't know, but I think a lot of people feel spring training is kind of a special day on the calendar. It's a and, and to miss that, it's just sort of oh eh, that was yesterday. We sort of just missed it. There are moments when you look and you go, man, there are sports can provide little moments along the way that that make the calendar seem like it's normal a little bit. Yeah, and, absolutely. And day is one of those. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the question: How long can this go? I mean. Here's the thing, um, Bill, unlike many people, maybe most people, professional athletes and team owners aren't worried about what's at the food bank uh, if they don't get their paycheck. I mean, unless they've been complete morons, they've all got plenty of dough to ride this thing out. So they're losing money, but you know, they're not, nobody is starving. Nobody's at risk of being evicted. Um, that said there are there are people i mean we we've, we've been home now for a couple of weeks a week and a half whatever there are people who have reached the end of the internet and uh, and are now looking <laughs> desperate for anything to watch on tv that would be I new have seen everything on netflix
0: every show on netflix i've seen now i uh, i've i've
5: I've, de- I've ventured into this new show called tiger kings or tiger king and i think after i've done this there could possibly not be anything more insane <laughs> in the world and i don't know where i go from here um Here's the thing I'm I'm failing to understand a little bit about the the world of professional sports. It seems to me that if first of all the the athletes seem to be having no trouble getting tests. I mean we, we you know some people aren't getting them, but I mean we've seen uh, uh, you know when the when the first test came in the NBA, they were able to test the entire Utah Jazz team in the span of one evening.
0: Yeah,
5: and I'm I'm a little puzzled. How it is that if they're having this easy access to tests, why you couldn't test the players, all of them in a particular league, and the people that they are quarantined with, and as soon as everybody has a negative test, or whoever has a negative test, and the officials... Uh, and a in and a, and a skeleton crew of whoever else you need to be there, how you couldn 't start running games in empty arenas just with the athletes and the officials and a broadcast crew that also gets tested i mean you wouldn 't
0: it, it may come need to, that. to
5: have and it may but it it you know the, the fact that the idea of a of a full stadium again for a game may be a while off but i you could you know with a couple hundred maybe less than that probably a lot less than that number of negative tests, and suddenly you say, you know, everyone who's going to be involved in this game is is okay, so we're going to plunge ahead with it. it, it we may be seeing that sooner than later, because I, I really don't see these leagues wanting to sit around forever i mean there was
0: a study that was was done out of simon fraser university and it was released last week and it was basically tracking the curve you know we want to we want to flatten the curve right Mm -hmm. uh and they suggested based on the projections that they had, and this is just in north america alone uh that it could well be into october before that starts to happen Uh, now which and does that mean that we don't do any sports at all that that nobody plays anything up until then uh which takes you well out of the baseball season for sure uh, that football season is gone. I mean on and on we go in situations like that. Somebody's gonna to have to make a hard choice here pretty soon as to whether they're not going to do this or just right off the whole year like like junior hockey did.
5: Yeah, it, it's look and junior hockey can do it a little bit easier because uh, the, the money is not as significant. You did have most of a year the players who want to be drafted yeah. have been scouted. you can it, it's not as complicated an issue for sure. Um, it Bill, it's it's not an easy one. And the amount of money, the amount of spin-off things that come out of professional sports, because, again, you and I are just chatting about the athletes and their salaries, but, you know, there's been plenty of coverage of all the people who work at these stadiums and work at these arenas and work with the teams and provide the... Uh, the products, the people who who fabricate or you know work in the factories, whatever that make the memorabilia or sell the beer or whatever, like the, the number of people that, that not having pro sports effects is not just the guys on the court or the floor well, you guys
0: you guys reported this and we headed had it on chml too the my bruins what is it about 65 people uh, they laid off yesterday from their office staff because because the jacob brothers don't you know they only have about a gazillion dollars so they can't afford to mm-hmm. pay these people but so uh, they're, they're and they're gone home now they just said go home we're not paying you there's no job here until we go back on the ice right now and that's only one example that's happening more and more
5: yeah and it look it's it's hard to have a lot of sympathy for the for you know for the people who have that kind of money and do that but as i say i mean it's there is a a um an assembly line a chain of this and so okay those 65 people if they work directly for the bruins uh maybe you keep them on staff but then what about the people as i say who provide stuff for the office do you pay yeah, exactly. them on staff and what about the people who provide material for those people eventually you're going to get to a spot where someone is going to start getting told go home because there's just no work for you and while I have unbelievable immense sympathy uh, for that I mean not everybody who owns a business is a bazillionaire and there's a lot of people who own smaller businesses that are supporting the pro sports world and I don't know that well I'm pretty confident that they're not all in a position to just say well I've got tons of money so I'm just going to keep paying everyone um, it, look, it's it's a, really, it's a really tough spot. I said this on the show last night. We were talking about something else. And I said, you know, look, you, you can have whatever views you wish about capitalism. That's fine. But this, what is going on right now is a really interesting position because you've got people who have risked their money, all the restaurateurs and entrepreneurs, and everyone else who are right now out of work, who have risked their own money to try and make a business, who are suffering, a lot of them, who are really suffering, the flip side is if some of those people do well, and you say, oh, great, they're the success stories, we have a lot of people who say, well, they've done well, tax the crap out of them. Look, it's, it's a risky game that you're playing if you risk your money to get into a business, and we're seeing that right now, that, yeah, some people can make an awful lot of money, but other people, it really can sting them. So it's, uh,
4: it is it's a tough,
5: a- tough world we live in right now.
0: It absolutely is. Uh, We're just about out of time here. Uh, It's not just that I want to see hockey games played. I mean, there's a whole lot of people's jobs that are on the line here, too, and I don't mean the players. Uh, We'll pick this up another time, Scott. Thanks, as always, for this. Appreciate it.
5: Anytime, Bill. Stay well.
0: Scott Radley, of course, host of the Scott Radley Show. You can hear him tonight at 6 o'clock on CHML. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML. The Bill Kelly Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also listen to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 till noon on 900 CHML. I'm Bill Kelly. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure that you rate and review.